Hello and welcome to Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. I have a surprise for you all here. Uh, I think one of the biggest aspects of hitting that kind of goes, uh, doesn't really get talked about is the mental side. And in uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about the mental side of hitting. And today here with me is Dr. Tom Hansen. He is a good friend of mine. We've been building a relationship over the last couple of years. He's co-author of Heads Up Baseball, Five Skills for Competing One Pitch at a Time. Uh, with uh, he co-authored with the late Dr. Ken Ravitza. Uh, he's also co-author of another book, Play Big, Mental Toughness, Secrets That Take Baseball Players to the Next Level. And I just can't say enough about Dr. Tom Hansen. He, uh, his book, uh, the first one, Heads Up Baseball, was a big one for me in high school. He knows the story. And it was my sophomore, junior year. I was really a mental, mental mess. And I was reading everything I could on the mechanics of hitting and reading Ted Williams and Tony Gwynn and Mike Schmidt and all Charlie Lau, all these books. And as you probably out there have read those books as well, it uh, really confused me. And the one thing that really got me back <laughs> on track, because uh, he knows, Tom knows, because uh, it can be very confusing when you, you're hearing the game uh, explained from one of the best in the game who don't typically know how they, how they do what they do. And his book... Heads Up Baseball and, and the late Dr. Ken Ravitza, they really helped me to get back on track. So I can't say enough about Dr. Tom Hansen, and thank you for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's always great to hear. I never get tired of a story like that. That's uh, really rewarding to me. <laughs> Good. All right. Let's and, and fun also, as yeah. I say, kindred spirit, because when I was in high school, I read, um, you know, Art of Hitting 300 mm -hmm. and... Uh, and Ted Williams' book, I consider myself a, a self-made hitter um, in the basement in the winter in Minnesota. Right. Uh, reading those books and trying it, flipping through the pages and, and getting after it. So. And you were the hitting coach for, uh, who was it, in, in college? Virginia, University of Virginia. Yeah, so I don't know if a lot of people know that about you. I don't either. I, don't, um, it was, I was there when I was doing my PhD, and you were talking about the mental aspect of hitting, and that is the title of my doctoral dissertation. I interviewed Hank Aaron, Rod Cruz, Dan Musial, Carius Trimsky, Pete Rose, and then asked because that's been my pursuit. Is, you know, much like, very much like you, and that's why I like your work so much. It's like, well, you, what, what are these people doing, and what works, and what is really happening, and let's explore. And that was my, my dissertation was to interview these guys and said, what were you thinking, tell me more about it, asking follow-up questions that really made them deep, think deeply about what they were doing, and as you noted, that a lot of times they hadn't, like Hank Aaron, he had never ex had explained it before. He said, this is the most important part about hitting, and no one's ever asked me. <laughs> and I, I think that's what makes you very unique, is that you've, you've learned it, you've taught it, the, on the mechanic side, physical side, because you can go and get a sports psychology degree and you can do the, the mental, not taken away from some of the great minds out there that, that did that, got sports psychology degree, now they're kind of a sports psychologist and it's all about the mental part of whatever sport that they, they play. But it's another thing to have that experience and knowledge but, and, and then also the teaching side. So that's why I think that makes you very unique, in, especially when it comes to baseball, softball players. Uh, so on that note, what do you think is the best approach for players, hitters in particular, in dealing with this whole COVID layoff uh, to return to the top of their game? Well, um, what we focus on, we feel. So I would, I would really encourage people to spend time thinking about hitting 
and hitting really well. Um, a great place to go in terms of making the mental practice as real as possible is the past. And so I would encourage people to just as a super practical um, out of the shoot here is to make a, have, have people make a list of the top three to ten um, greatest hits. Um, I, I said, hey, make your greatest hits album. List, this, this is my greatest hit. And then take a few a day and reenact them. Physically get up and act them out to reconnect your body with those experiences and and help it really remember, oh yeah, this is what that would be like. Because you just kind of, there's just certain, you can sort of daydream about it and that, that's good, but the more full-bodied experience you have, um, the better. And so in terms of, of preparing and remembering what it's like, reenacting your greatest hits is really at the top of my list things to have people do and you can even do it right in the cage you're in the cage working it's like hey what was the game when you felt really great hmm. uh, the game against the bombers show me what that looked like I wasn't there act it out and literally get get them to act it out and generate how confident do you attend if you're right now uh, seven well come on get to an eight or nine or ten mm-hmm. will you attend then yeah how did you do that you generate it right now and that's a, also a big piece is for people to get that we're not really dealing with reality. We're dealing with our representation in our heads of reality. And so you want to get good at creating it and using your brain as a, as a way to create a positive state um, rather than doing what most people do, which is just leave their state of mind to chance and how, you know, what has to hap- happens to happen in the outside world versus generating it from nothing feeling good for no reason right you, you, well, out of thin air right do you find that the challenge with today's mobile device day and age to be able to act it out visualize all that kind of stuff or do you feel do you feel like some of the players nowadays are better same worse um, I think this capability is still there I think they just do it a little bit less um, because they grew up and so many things are so structured from the get-go that they aren't quite as creative. I mean, just yesterday I had my Minnesota Twins t-shirt on that said Tony Oliva in the back. He was one of my guys for my dissertation. And I, not, I, I rarely, in a, you know, pretended I was him as a kid mm-hmm. um, because he was left-handed. And I was more Harmon Killebrew. <laughs> I was built a little <laughs> more like Harmon Killebrew, actually. Um, and, um, but it flip around and be Rod Kulu. And that kind of stuff isn't as prevalent as it was, but that's really what I'm talking about. I mean, if I'm hunting Tillibrew, I don't choke in a wiffle ball. It doesn't mean I, I square up every ball, but I'm not super nervous because I'm tapping into what becomes available in me by imagining I'm him. And Mike Schmidt told me he imagined that he was Roberto Clemente. Mm. That's in, in the major league. Yeah, and that was, that was an access. So, so much of it from the mental game standpoint is getting access to your talent. What do I need to do with this guy? What can I do with this guy to help free him? It's, a, it's like a liberator. How can I liberate this guy to help him liberate himself? It's more accurate. To 
have access to the talent, that swing that was in the cage, how can I have that show up here? And so we're always looking for ways to do that. And one is to pretend you're someone else. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's interesting you say that because there were times, and you, you could probably pick out times too, that I didn't feel as a player like I had an identity, like maybe mostly when I was slumping. I just felt like I, my identity, my swing identity wasn't there. Like I didn't know who I was or what I could do. And going back to, I always used to go back to Ted Williams. I loved his book, The Science of Hitting, like, like you and like many others. Read that book probably 500,000 times. And I would always kind of go back to, to Williams or I would always go back to sometimes Schmidt, but a lot of times it was Milt Williams or I loved McGuire growing up. He was a big guy though. Um, so mm -hmm. so, but I would, I would mimic him. And that, that's a great point where if you just don't feel like you have a, an identity, a swing identity, always go back to mimicking or copying somebody else's swing that you, that you like and that's maybe similar to yours. That, that's a great point, Tom. Because we, we can get really clogged up, we can be super congested inside ourselves because we've been taught this and been taught that, and and you think about this and you think about that, and, and our, our cortex is both our best friend. That's why we have the technology and we're able to have baseball at all because we have a cortex. Right. However, it also is like a sword that cuts the other way in that you can overthink, and so need to find a way to say, okay, that's great. I'm grateful for my cortex. <laughs> and yet, I want to try and occupy it in some other way. So it's like a giant traffic jam over here. You pop up and say, hey, let's go this way yeah. and go completely around it by not even being yourself, which, of course, you still are yourself because you are yourself. You can't. It doesn't make you someone else. But if you say, well, <laughs> joked about WWJD. Like, <laughs> what would Jeter? What would Jeter do? <laughs> yeah. And and it's like, oh, I'd find some way to get the bat on the ball because I'm there, Jeter, and that's what I do. And so, if you were there, Jeter, and you walk up and you embody him as you go, then you can you can bypass. It's like a a mental congestion, a mental emotional, psycho emotional bypass to imagine you're someone else, including imagining you're you back at a great game that you had. Right. That's where we're back on this greatest hit list. Like, oh, yeah, the game against the Bombers. So for me, this home run against Detroit Lakes. And I had one against Jamestown, North Dakota. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was only a single because it hit the center field fence so hard. <laughs> and right. so I can, I can replay that and... Know, want to hang up from this interview and just go hit, right? Right. <laughs> because what you focus on is feel. Right. Now, what do you what do you feel is the most underutilized mental skill approach or practice? Either one of those. You don't have to fill in all those, but mental skill approach or practice. What's the most underutilized? Um. What do you feel that players don't don't really today don't really use as much that they should be? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I was actually trying to think of a different answer than the one I just had. Mm. Just that whole accessing essentially a different identity by by pretending you're someone else or reenacting one of your one of your own greatest hits. Um, I think that's my answer for that question. Yeah. Is that that just really isn't isn't utilized. Um, 
very well. I mean, people take breaths. I would say, if I was going to go there, mm -hmm. because when we wrote Heads Up Baseball originally, I, I went around and asked a bunch of people. This is like back Cliff McCaskill and Jim Abbott mm -hmm. um, days from the guys that Ken worked with. And it was far and away the breath was the most helpful thing that Ken taught them, which Ken was a little bummed about because, you know, you'd like to think that as a PhD, you've got something <laughs> more, oh, the, uh, something more complex, but more secret anyway, you wouldn't think about. Exactly. But the, the breath and the thing for me with the breath is there's so much more to it. Normally it's like, Hey, if you can get a guy to take a breath, that's a W, mm -hmm. you know, in and out. Well, there's, whole courses that I can do on the breath. There's so much more to it. The one thing I'll say, though, to answer the question would be breathing in and out through your nose. Mm. So we're really designed as humans to breathe through our noses because we've got filters there. It also can be much more calming on your brain because it's in a, I'm going past your brain. Um, but it, I'm, I teach just as much, you know, you see that kind of classic head that baseball, the back foot goes in the box and look at the bat, take a breath and say, see ball, hit ball, and then step in. Classic head that baseball move. For me, I'm big on the breath. If that's what feels good, feels good, great. Otherwise, I'm like, hey, from the time you're picking up your bat, you're very deliberately breathing through your nose and get on an LSD. Imagine an LSD, which is long, slow, deep breath mm -hmm. through the nose, even through the out there bat. Doesn't have to be the big. Oh, I'm in the third deck, and I can see that guy took a breath. Kind of breath. It can be a slow, long, slow, deep breath. It's actually the calmest way to breathe. Right, and that. So, it, go, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, that is my answer. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's a big one. And I know we both share a, a common interest in yoga and breathing and things like that. And uh, like you said, I think there's a lot of different programs out there that teach the breath that people can go to. I know Headspace was one that I that I used mm -hmm. for probably a, a couple of years. And, uh, you know, a couple of things that stuck with me, especially to get to sleep, was to just count your inhale, count your exhale. So you would count an inhale as one and exhale as two and you would count that way all the way to 10 and then you would start over. And I, I always know when I'm gonna fall asleep or I'm close when I, my, I start losing track of the, what number I was on. And I know I'm almost mm -hmm. there. And uh, as it pertains to hitting, that, that being present in the breath takes away anything, any future anxieties. Like when I have a video on YouTube that's done really well, just very simple. It's, scared of the ball, like when hitters get hit by the ball, and then what do you do technically? How do you how do you train a hitter to to turn uh, and get the back and butt facing the ball coming in? You know, where you turn in towards the catcher, uh, so you don't get hit in the rib or you don't get you know turn towards the ball and get hit in the face or the chest. And in that video, it's interesting. The comments that I get are that afraid uh, really spark some some of these comments like well you know I, I do well in BP but then when I get in the game I just get scared I just get anxious but whatever and this breath is a great simple we do we have to do it anyway and it's a great way to to really slow down the heart rate and get us back to that present moment yeah very cool. love it and with a, with that long slow deep breath there's more going on in the breath 
versus a <gasps> yeah. You know, you can tune in and just oh, feel the air going down, and talk about sitting and feel it going into your pelvis, which yeah. doesn't really happen. But really thinking of drawing it way down there and being slow, long, slow, and deep with it. Right. And there was a, there was another book. I can't remember the name of it, but it was talking about the studies going in going into the breath, and that they were saying that the exhale is probably the most important part. Where you talk about that LSD, long, slow, deep breath that the 13-second exhale, so they, they say exhale like you're breathing through a straw. So really slow, you're releasing that really slow, and they said that 13-second mark is what really brings your, your vitals down. And I know I've been a part of Toastmasters public speaking stuff for since 2012, I think, and if there's a speech that i got to give and I'm nervous, I'm uh, you know breathing, I can feel my breathing getting rapid, I use that long, slow, deep breath in order to bring it back. And and I agree with you. I think that's a great you see Mike Trout now and you'll see him take that big breath. It's that when then he gets back in. Uh, so it's kinda quicker. You don't see him kinda slow that out, but uh, I think a slower breath would help to kinda ease that anxiety. Yeah, it's something certainly something to play with and as a coach I would I would want like to make that distinction for the guys and and have them play with both to see what feels best. A lot of times the guy's going to be so amped or nervous during a game that he's not going to be able to do much more than a, a, a bigger breath through the mouth, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not like that's bad. It's not like, wow, just think of how much, how good Mike um, Trout could be if he slowed his breath down. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he could really do something. He could make some money in this game. So... Uh, but he is big on the with head that baseball he talked to Ken about, you know, his biggest two things that he got working in the mental game was um, with Ken was walking slow to the plate. Mm-hmm. So walking slow to the plate, slowed the at bat down for him and then finishing his breath before he got in the box. So the outside box take a breath. If he caught, catches himself getting in the box before he finishes his exhale, then he uh, would step out certainly ought to by his own standards right. um, because it's all going to be sped up. Right. And the other, uh, and that's great. That's a great little routine. And I think a lot of times that escapes hitters, you just kind of get in, you get so caught up in that. It's like a wave over, over catching you, overriding you, pulling you out to the water when for every, every at bat, you know, and to have a routine. And that's what I loved about heads of baseball is that there was, there was routines. There were solid routines that you can use. And one of the routines that really helped me was, I can't remember what you, you guys called it, but it's like cleaning the slate. Like where uh, the, the batting gloves, you can un, un- Velcro, uh, Velcro back up. But you gave a, a few of them. Can you talk a little bit about that? How, like, say if they swing at a pitch that they weren't supposed to swing at and to keep themselves from spiraling, you guys had a couple suggestions. Can you go into a couple of those? Certainly. So I talk about it in terms of a green light routine. Here's what I do. I'm feeling good. And a yellow light routine, here's what I do when I get a little rattled and things speed up. So I hear the question as, um, what's my yellow light routine? Mm-hmm. And so um, it can be my other the term that I like, didn't make it the baseball. <laughs> didn't, didn't like it. But I, I had meanify. Mm-hmm. It's a cool word, I think. To meanify, like meanify grabbing the back. At the start of the bat, that my bat. When did your bat start? Oh, when I get the bat. So meanify, give it meaning rather than do it unconsciously. So the act of play, 
you can have something that you've practiced, like undoing your glove, you know, step out, lift, um, you know, just your eye and then a breath, and then close it back up and have something that you say to yourself. Or going to dirt, picking up dirt, squeezing it, God dang it, and then throw it away, and then, okay, that's behind me. Literally, you can throw that behind you. Um, you can step back in and, and clean out with your foot the box and say, okay, I'm wiping away that. And a lot of people like to do that one um, before the first picture at that, kind of like saying, okay, this is mine. All, I'm wiping out all the energy of, of people who have gone before because this is, this is mine. And like a dog, when I walk my dog, she, <laughs> she has her way <laughs> of, of establishing that, hey, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need to do that, but it's the same principle. Um, and um, there's always the foul pole or focal point is really great. Um, I, I like to imagine, remember, it's been one of, the, one of the Star Wars movies where Ben Kenobi and Yoda and a couple other guys that have died were floating up in this tree. And I think when they were dancing with those little bears mm-hmm. in, that, in that one. And... You know, they look up, living this living this loop, I think, looking up and seeing these guys up there, and they're like giving them, you know, a thumbs up in their own way. Mm-hmm. And so you can pick something like that that's going to be there in the game, style pulls, classic, uh, the Mongolia, um, with that, and or anything that you want that's going to be there in the game, and and memeify that, like put those, put your super friends, your people that make you feel good, your coach. Um, your mom, whoever it is that helps, you know, to, can say something to you to help you get yourself back centered. You put them there before the game, and then you can step out, look to them, and then they'll say, you know, <laughs> you know Joey, use the force. <laughs> or whatever you want you need them to right. say, and then it can connect you back in. So those would be a few items that you could choose from. You wouldn't have someone do them all, but you could give people a menu and then practice them. Yep. You know, practice them, practice during DT. You can practice those while you're waiting uh, your turn to get. Right. Yeah, I love those. Those really helped me when I when I redheads at baseball back in high school and really helped, again, center me and get me into a, a good spot. And the other thing, and that's good for out on the field during it at bat when you step out and stuff like that. And the other thing, that I would do is I'd have a, a specific movie. The one movie that I watched that, that was kind of my slump buster was Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. And mm-hmm. if you remember that one, and a lot of my sure. younger hitters, I try and get them to watch it because they don't, they have no clue about that movie. The only old movie that they're used to is The Sandlot. And, and right. you know, so I, I, with the movies, what's nice is they put, they package these movies into a nice little character, the, uh, here, what do they call it? The Hero's Quest where, the hero, you got, they're, they're this larger-than-life person. They they get this they're calling that they want, hey, we, hero, we want you to come and do this, and then the hero turns it down, and then there's some leverage that, that makes the hero have to take the take the challenge, and then he gets and takes the challenge, and then he falls, and, and you think, oh, no, he's out. You know, think of Rocky movies or whatever, and uh, he's down and out. The hero is not going to make it, and then, and then he rises from the grave. You know, Batman rises. And, uh, and so that movie was really good for me because it was baseball, obviously, and it was Tom Selleck. I like him, uh, especially back in the days of Magnum P.I., and you get that whole hero's quest, hero's journey in that movie, and at the end you feel good. You're like, 
you know, he was really struggling. He couldn't hit. You know, he gets shipped off to Japan to go play baseball, and he hates it at first because he thinks he's too good for it, and then he ends up falling to a bottom, and then finally he, he does the drills. He does he works on his swing to get back, and then pretty soon he, uh, the major leagues want him back, but he's like, you know what, I'm having too much fun here uh, type of thing. And, and so having a movie or documentary or something, uh, hopefully baseball-related, but um, one conversation I had with Daniel Robertson was uh, who played in the big leagues for, I think, five years or so and then uh, played a bunch of pro ball. He was talking about the Climber movie on do- the, on Netflix, the documentary, what was it called? Um, free. Free, free uh, Solo. Free Solo, yeah. So having a movie or documentary that really kind of takes you through that emotional roller coaster, but at the end it always has like a good good feeling with it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, right on. Well, any, yeah. anything anything new that you're working on right now? Well, lots, really. Um, I, I feel like I've really been, the, 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 the COVID thing has been great for me from a learning standpoint. I've really taken off and learned a, a ton of new things and am really excited about mm-hmm. about the work I'm doing. Um, I do a lot of stuff with what you can call psychosensory. Okay. Techniques, okay. Um, where it's really about clearing out the past. So, so process for me, let's put it this way, is to clear out the past. Because we bring so many, like if you're over 10, the guy tends to bring that to the plate with him. Now, we know that you go and the count is zero, zero. You don't, it seems like you go up with two strikes, but <laughs> it's really zero, zero. It's really because you're bringing your past with you. But really, we're, we're really geared, well, really our state depends on what we think of the future. It's just that we think that the future holds more of the past. Right. And and so um, it's really uh, so much of the, the, the fun, like the big leagues for me, is working with someone's belief system and, and clearing out negative past experiences and um, to, to free the person. Because remember, it's all about freedom. And if there's stuff I heard an interesting quote um, by Danny Todd Simon, um just this morning. He works with a lot of athletes, and he said um, 80% of the athletes that he's worked with, he ends up suggesting they go to see a counselor mm. because there's been so much trauma and, and so much stuff in their past that ends up getting in the way of their performance. And... Um, so that to me, like if I'm if my, in my uh, work, do work with one-on-one, and I'm also um, I'm just launching a, a new group program because I'm, I'm now wanting to just go no holds barred with, with, here's what I'm into, and some of the stuff pushes the boundaries. I really haven't talked about it much here because I want to give people practical things that people can put into action. Sure. And that's what to me has the baseball is. Um, but to me, if I got an hour with someone, we spend 50 minutes on their belief system, on, on their identity, as we've alluded to, um, and clearing out things from their past that are limiting them in their performance now. And then I'll, we'll, we'll spend a few minutes on the future, about creating their future, and then the last five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, talking about the competitive process. What are you going to do between pitches? Whereas that's most of heads up baseball. Right. It's okay, what are you going to do on the field? And that's great. Just that for me, the big stuff is the belief system. And so I do a, a lot of work with that. So 
super excited about a, a program I've, I've, I've got a few people in it, and, and you know, whenever we get this out, there'll be more, um, you know, it'll be unfolding. But in terms of what am I excited about, um, that's what I'm excited about, is it, really having a, a, a structured program that teaches people um, more like a more like a course. Mm-hmm. It's often my one-on-one stuff. It's what are you working with now, or what's going on, and I work with them. But then we can be weeks into it, and there's fundamentals that I haven't trained them in, or they haven't taught, been you know, come up with yet. So this is a like a, more like a structured coaching group coaching course that people can take. What a great, I'm excited about that. What a great point. Yeah, the the idea that you're walking up to the plate with an O2 count, but it's actually OO, where it's the, the baggage that they're bringing with them. And, and I've felt that in my playing days. I remember walking up to the plate beginning of the game, and I, you, you get all the, the buzz about a pitcher. He's really good. He throws really hard. He's got good stuff. And, you all, yeah, you feel like you walk up there at O2. And like you're saying with this program, and maybe – you can, if you if you want to share any any links to resources for that, uh, send send those to me, and I can include those in here with this. But I think that's a, that's a great, I think that's a great program, and you know, simple, not, nothing super complex about that. You're just like you said, you're looking at the past, some things in the past that maybe you're blocking you. You think, look at some, you know, how you feel your future is going to be, and then what what are you going to do right now to compete. So I, and, and in a nutshell, probably could take both of those books, those big books full of a ton of great, great information and knowledge and expertise, and that's that's pretty much what the the uh, heads of baseball did for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm getting into technology. I've got this headband. I've just had it for a few days, really, um, that measures my brainwaves so that I'm able, when I'm meditating, I'm getting instant feedback, you know, right. like, and, and and so I'm able to to that blows the training to a whole other level. It's like getting feedback on a pitch or on, on a <laughs> ball that you hit, where it went, like on a hit track kind of thing. Oh, you get some feedback. What happened? And now I'm doing that with with the meditation. So interesting. Well, we may have to we may have to talk on another call uh, about <laughs> that because I got some ideas kind of uh, along similar lines. Uh, so we'll have to talk about. That for sure. Yeah. I'm very interested in that right now as well. So last last question, where can we find you? Where can we find more in- info about you? Well, there's, um, there's several places. Do you know where I'm, I'm just now, and this is, this is Greg because it motivates me all the more, to put drtomhanson.com mm-hmm. as a hub that can spin out to, I'll give you a, a couple here, but drtomhanson, H-N-S-O-N.com, it's in progress. It's there, but it's it's got a good way to go. Um, but there's links there to get to other places. Um, for heads of baseball, it's heads of baseball two dot com number two, and there's heads of baseball the book. There's also a compete program, which is really designed for coaches to be able to to get it and send email or send video access to. The training is for one video per chapter of the book. So it's essentially like I teach heads up baseball to the to the group and they can to, to a team and they can watch it on their phone. So I I love that we have tremendous feedback from people on that. And play big baseball. Playbigbaseball.com is um, where you can get that that book, play big. Cool. 
Well, hey, I, I thank you. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Like you said, you're a learner like I am, and it probably seems like there's so much stuff to learn and not enough time in the day. I know. I feel like I'm just I'm just coming online. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm excited about what I'm learning, and that's what I would, I guess, I would wish for everyone. Because it's not going to be so, it's like, well, I've been in the mental game since 1985, and I feel like I'm just starting to get some things figured out. <laughs> and so don't feel bad if it seems complicated. Um, just enjoy the learning process and and, and be, be a curious rather than that you know it all. Right. Keep peeling the onion. Yeah. We're, we're, we're brothers from a different mother, brother. So I, Indeed. I, I, Indeed. I appreciate all your time. And like I said, we'll have to touch base about some of that other stuff. But I think it was a lot of really good info that players can put into action just right now. So thank you for your time. Yeah. You're welcome. I've been going, I thought of you uh, yesterday. I was at uh, like my guy that I go to, I bring my family to, and um, a body work guy in there is right on the top of the table. It's anatomy training. <laughs> Guiding, uh, Tom Myers, probably related somewhere along the, the family tree, but I, I, I'm not related. <laughs> I understood. I understood. But I know that's, um, that's key stuff to, to your approach, which I love. Very much. All right, Tom. Hey, thank you, brother. And keep up the good work. And uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. We'll see if maybe we can get a couple links for these guys to, to send your way. Right on. All right, Tom. Thank you. All right. Bye.